You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back. Okay, so I'm going to raise my hand and confess, I have been way behind on podcasts. This summer (laughs) has been a blitz coming out of Bible school and kids camp, and we've got tons of awesome administrative things going on behind the scenes. It's an amazing season for Carterville, but wow, I've been a little bit overwhelmed. And podcasts have been one of the things that fell by the wayside. So welcome back. And I'm sorry. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. So a little bit overdue, but I hope that it does not disappoint. Today, I have Brick Saker as a guest with me. Hey, Brick, how are you? Doing well. And Ben, I appreciate being on the podcast. Uh, Normally, I'm heard on Fridays. And gosh, I feel like I'm in the same boat with you. So what Uh, a lot of people may not know is your your job description has changed remarkably in the last couple of months. So I have watched you. You are the hamster in the wheel right now. And so I understand. All right. Well, what we want to talk about today is not position descriptions and how far we are behind. I want to do a follow-up podcast to this Sunday. Mm. My friend Ron McLean preached this this Sunday. Sunday for me did a great job. It was awesome to sit beside Lindsay and the boys and yeah. just hear the word. And you know, Ron means a lot to me. But it was Father's Day. This Sunday was Father's Day, mm-hmm. and I want to do a podcast on fatherhood. Now, Brick, you're at a unique spot, That's right. and I ask you to come intentionally because you're the guy that is about to be a father. Like literally, any day now, you and Cassidy are within a couple of weeks of your daughter entering the world. Y'all have a due date for early July. That's right. You know, so so literally, it could be any day soon. And you sit in that position of wild-eyed wonder that all of us dads were in at one point. Yeah. You know, when we were looking forward to it and we're excited about it, you know, and we had big hopes and dreams. And I just, I mean, I want to capture that moment for mm-hmm. us. There's so much that is so good about where you are, yeah. you know, on the front edge at the starting line, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's chat about it. Hey, Brick, how do you feel? <laughs> just gut level, how do you feel right now? Yeah, um, man, I I guess I'm, I'm using uh, just very common words for something that's difficult to describe, but like the common word that I use first and foremost is excited. Like I can't wait, um, cannot wait for my daughter to be here to, to begin to walk through fatherhood. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, especially in the season of like, you know, as, as uh, you know, we're waiting for her to come that I've heard, I've heard dads come to me and say, Hey man, the first time she wraps her hand around your finger or, you know, the first time you have the chance to hold her, there's nothing like it. And I believe it. And Absolutely. I just, it makes me so excited. Can't wait. Oh, it's, I'll tell you this. When, when my oldest son was born, mm-hmm. Um, I loved the Lord. I was walking with Jesus. I was making disciples. I was serving the church. But when my oldest son was born, mm. I felt a different type of spiritual responsibility. Mm. And it opened my eyes to what it was to feel mm-hmm. the weight of being the primary disciple maker for my son mm. and to respect how important it was to shape his understanding, his knowledge and experience of, of the Lord mm. and of the kingdom. Um, you know, also, Brig, another thing that happened for me in that moment is, wow, it really opened so many biblical metaphors for me. Oh, like yeah. when the Bible talks yeah. about God being a father 
you know, or uses examples of him being a good and generous father, mm-hmm. or um, when we talk about being adopted into God's family, mm-hmm. and all this beautiful, powerful family language, you know, the, the prodigal son parable. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the two things that kind of, I've become an emotional person. Before my son was born, I never cried. I was one of those guys <laughs> that like, you know, nothing got me. Sad movies didn't get me. People's hard situations didn't get me. Like literally, I cannot remember crying except once. Yeah. Before I had my son, and that was my last high school football game. I'm <laughs> crying because I thought I don't get to play football anymore. I mean, that's who I was, right? Yeah. yeah. So I did not cry much. Uh, but man, after my son was born, something came alive in my heart that just was not awake yet. Mm. And when I, if I am preaching about Jesus or my kids, sometimes mm. I get super emotional or mm. fatherhood. Yeah. When, especially, man, if I'm talking about the prodigal son, I just can't help it. Mm. Like because that intersection between fatherhood. Uh, especially raising boys mm-hmm. and the love of God for us blows me away. Mm. Like it just crushes me. But that opened a lot in my heart, you know, when I just having my son. Yeah. Well, let's, let's see if some of us dads who are already kind of in the marathon, you know, can refresh what it was like to be in your shoes. Yeah, can yeah. just enjoy that. What are you like, what are you thinking? What are you, what are you expecting or like what advice are people giving you or what are you nervous about or excited about? Yeah. Like we want to remember Brick. So yeah. Fill us in. Oh man. Like where do I start? Um, this, like thinking around this whole area is just, I don't know. It's like, it, you know, I, I mentioned exciting, but it's also this idea of like kind of, it, there's like some scariness behind it because of like the anticipated weight of responsibility. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel a responsibility for, you know, caring and, and shepherding my wife. But um, the idea of bringing in, bringing in, you know, a, a new innocent child in the world and the responsibility of shepherding them and playing a role in shaping them uh, is is pretty, pretty daunting. Uh, that said, it, it, I think it puts my heart in a really good place of looking up to the Lord and saying, hey, I can't do it without you. Um, I, I, you know, as much as those seasons, um, that I've been in, in the past and whatever capacity where I've looked up and said, oh man, this is way beyond me. Those seasons are, are scary, but they're really, really good for my soul because, because they, they're training my heart in kind of a difficult way to look to God and say, oh my goodness, I cannot do it without you. And so stepping into those is good. Um, really good for my heart. And I think that's where I'm at right now. You know, like this idea of, oh God, like I, I don't think I can do this on my own. I really, really need you to guide me as I shepherd my family. Yeah, he totally will too. Yeah. It's amazing, man. It's awesome. All right, so this is your last Father's Day this past Sunday. was yeah. your last Father's Day before you meet Ophelia. Yeah, you know, in yeah. some ways, it's your first Father's Day as a father, uh-huh. you know, because you know your daughter is right there, right. you know, within arm's reach. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, next Father's Day, you know, she'll be on your lap somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Just sitting there smiling with dad. Mm-hmm. Curious about this, Brick, you know, as you go forward mm-hmm. with this, um, what, you know, what is some of the advice that people, that, what are some of the advice that people have passed on to you that you're saying, you know what, I'm going to hang on to that. That's, that's something, or maybe I'll shift that a little bit. Um, what about this? What, what are some of the things that people, that you've watched in other fathers and mm-hmm. you've said, Ooh, I want to be like that. I want to try to do that. Yeah. You're in this moment where you've got, you're surrounded by lots of dads, mm-hmm. you know, you're in a church context. You've yeah. also got other friends who've been having kids. Mm-hmm. And so you've been able to watch and observe. What are some of the 
things that you've seen modeled or the advice that you've been given that you say, hey, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to be mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Oh, man. So the, the first thing... The first thing that that is really just jumping out and bouncing around my head right now, as I think about that, um, and and it's going to be difficult for me to articulate where where I picked this up or who I picked it up from, um, but in seeing uh, seeing fathers who 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 have who have clearly defined the fact that that their family is the first place that they that they are called the disciple, um, and that they they put their their children their wives, um, really in that first seat of priority to say, God has called me first to disciple my family. Um, that's been huge. And I think, and I think I've, I've, I've seen how beneficial that is in someone's life when that, when that priority is set that way of I'm called first to my family, um, in two senses, kind of in a good sense. I've seen that, I've seen that thrive when I've seen families where, where the father, um, has, has put his for number one priority as discipling you know, his wife and his children. And I've also seen families where that priority has been rearranged and seen some of the difficulties that arise out of that. And it's kind of heartbreaking. Like those are, like those are the not, not so fun mm-hmm. times um, when, when a father has uh, rearranged the priority and prioritized, uh, you know, work or, um, you know, even, even if that's, you know, even, even if it's even work in ministry. Church. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's, the classic, that's a classic example. And I felt that before as a pastor too, mm, yeah. you know, where uh, a lot of, and a lot of, there are a lot of kids that, were raised in pastors' families uh, who would say, yes, you know, my, my dad prioritized the church mm. over me, and I'm a little bit hurt or resentful of it. I yeah. mean, that's that's all over the place, you know. Yeah. So uh, good word there. I, I read um, a book by Peter Scazzaro a couple of years ago, best mm. chapter, best single chapter on marriage yeah. of anything that I've read. And he was just talking about how um, our ministry should mm-hmm. be a natural overflow of our marriage. That's right. And it was coming out of a place in his life where um, his ministry was thriving, but his marriage was dying. Mm. And so it creates a lot of hypocrisy. Same thing for your whole family. If you're having to fake it because it's not strong at home, mm-hmm. you know, with your marriage or with your parenting, mm. you know, but you still feel this pressure to keep an image up, you know, that matches what you're doing at work or church, mm-hmm. uh, it creates a lot of unintentional hypocrisy and extra pressure and just sucks the life out of everything. Mm. Also, it's hard for kids to respect you when they see that you're somebody different you know, in one context than you are in the other. So that's good advice. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've seen some people who got that right, mm-hmm. you know, who were able to uh, lead their families first and well and let their ministries be an overflow really of their marriage and of their household, got those things healthy. It's a blessing. That's good. That's good advice. Mm-hmm. So, Brick, last Father's Day before you made Ophelia. Is there anything else you want to say? Yeah. So I, I have just had one other piece of, I don't know if it's advice or um, I don't know if, I mean, this is probably common common knowledge, but it's it's a saying that, that I've appreciated that, I don't know, it stuck with me probably from like high school. Don't even know where I, where I learned it. It's probably, probably common. I don't know. But um, it puts me in a place of just being able to give myself grace as I walk into parenthood. And it's this idea of, it's some type of quote that says something to the extent of, uh, you know, we're going to be so busy as new parents trying to correct the things that we look, that we, that we have seen in our, in our, in our parents' parenting styles. Like, oh my gosh, you know, didn't, you know, hated how my dad did this, hated how my mom did that. We're going to be so busy trying to fix that that we're going to making, we'll be making our own mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's I don't know maybe that's defeating. To me, it's freeing because it's like it allows me to give some grace to say it's not going like I don't have to be the perfect parent. No, you don't. It's not. 
And honestly, you know, not that I'm going to, you know, be okay with making mistakes, but it gives me some grace to to look up and say, all right, I need to approach the Lord again, approach my family and and, and continue to grow. I'll tell you what else it's going to do too. You're you're going to look up as a parent and go, oh, I get it. You know, a lot of these things (laughs) that you look at your, that you look at your parents, you go, oh, they didn't do this right. You know, as a parent, you're going to go, oh, now I get it. I see what, I see what's (laughs) going on. But, but you know what, Brick, there's great advice here. And I want to get, I'll I'll end the podcast with this. Like the model for fatherhood for me is our Heavenly Father, right? Mm, yeah. And if you think about how we exist in an ecosystem of grace mm. with God, yeah. cut yourself some slack as a dad. Go out there and love your kids, but reflect God's love towards your kids. Mm. Give yourself some grace and give them bunches. And mm. you know, raise them in the truth of Christ. Lay them, raise them in the wisdom of Jesus. You know, Show them who God is as Father. But to, to me... As you're administering hmm. God's grace down to your kids, mm-hmm. don't forget to enjoy it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, because I honestly believe that I think fathers who love the Lord sometimes can feel tremendous pressure that they feel that they're not a good enough spiritual leader in their house, they're not strong enough, they're not good enough, they're not right, wise enough or right enough, or they live in a culture where right now, you know, manhood or fatherhood is not really celebrated. You know, in fact, they feel like they're kind of constantly teetering on the edge of, like, what am I doing wrong now? Mm. And I just want to say to you, to me, to other dads, mm. man, as we are giving the grace of God to our families and our kids, as we're teaching that, man, soak it up yourself. Mm. Like receive it from the Lord and realize that like, even as we parent our children, you know, you are God's ambassador to those kids. You are his under shepherd. You, you are the hands and feet of Jesus right in their face. But he is their heavenly father and he's enough for them. And all those imperfections we bring that where we can't quite mm-hmm. measure up, that's okay. Because he is who they ultimately need. And we're constantly pointing them to him. Yeah, yeah. But along that path, Man, don't forget to enjoy the grace of God yourself. Mm. You know, so. Brick, you're going to do great, man. I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you. And good word. I appreciate you sharing this. Yeah, thanks for sharing this with us. Thanks for letting some of us who've been fathers for a while get to remember how much fun it was when we were on the edge of our seats. Mm. So God bless you, man. 